Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. It is finally the week we have been waiting for. The calendar has turned to March of 2023. That means it is officially race week for the 2023 IndyCar season. St. Pete weekend is on the horizon. We are so pumped. We have the Daytona 500 behind us. NASCAR is fully on the way. Now we are into the IndyCar season. And what a show we have for you today. It is an absolutely stacked Speed Street episode today for many reasons. We have predictions. We have wild speculations about what's going to happen this year. But we also have this guest you may or may not have heard of. Yeah, that's right. Seven-time NASCAR champ, cup champ, Jimmy Johnson. JJ. On the show today, and of course, wouldn't be able to do it without my guy Connor Daly. Connor, what's up, dude? I am fired up. I I just threw the roof. So excited. How are you? Uh, I'm great, man. Yeah, great show ahead, as you mentioned. Uh, we have a great interview with uh, with Seven Time. Uh, just happened to you know float out a text message to him. You so you don't you don't get what you don't ask for. You know what I mean? And and we've been talking to Jimmy really since middle of last season. In IndyCar, his uh, his PR reps, his folks, uh, we were gonna schedule something, but obviously, look, sometimes when you when you have friends like that, you you know they're much more famous than you, and so I'm like, look, I like to be the friend who's not an annoying friend, you know what I mean? And if I'm just sending you a text every week to try to be on the podcast, which is actually what I do to Felix Rosenquist every week, and we still haven't had him on the show. Saw him this morning at the gym. And he's like, hey, podcast? I was like, yeah, sorry, man. We got Jimmy Johnson instead. So <laughs> at some point, we'll have Felix on. <laughs> but he keeps denying my uh, my requests. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thankfully, Jimmy Johnson late last night was like, sure. He's doing dad things, though. And, uh, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a great man for doing so. A fantastic conversation, honestly. Really um, so, yeah, a lot of great stuff to talk about today. Uh, we had a, honestly... A wild NASCAR weekend in Fontana, um, just snow in California. Both Xfinity and and Cup race on the same day. Um, track that was 
it just fantastic track that is now no more. Um, we had F1 testing that was going on, uh, some wild predictions about what teams are going to suck and what teams are going to be good. You all guessed it. Red Bull's going to be good. Um, but, uh, yeah. And obviously of course the most important thing in the entire world is that it is race week for IndyCar. Uh, we're all very, very excited. Everyone's leaving here in a couple days or tomorrow or very soon, wherever it is. Um, just can't wait to, uh, to, to get down there to St. Pete. Great place to start the season. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of wonderful things to talk about today. Yeah, you mentioned an annoying friend to Jimmy. I'm going to be the annoying friend to you. Uh, put you on the spot. Would any chance that my wife would be able to snag a Connor Daly uh, pass to St. Pete this weekend or no? Uh, you know what? Great question. I'm glad you asked because I'm down to two left. So uh, we should be able to make that happen. Yes. Cool, You're going to be I'm, down there, right? Yeah, I applied for a yeah, credential. Yeah, you got a hard card. Yeah, I, I applied for a credential for myself and I didn't want to like weasel my way you know because if you know rise she probably would like hold my camera i guess but like eh, you know i was like that's eh, walking a fine line i'll maybe just ask connor and see if we can get that taken care of okay good now that we got that Bro, i think you should easily be able to get that taken care of i mean you're you're the co-host of this program you're a dirty mo media guy i mean you're Never. you're a big media personality i mean you're literally a, a star so if they didn't give you if they didn't just hand you a plus one i would be sad yeah, well, you know, you just can't take any chances, and I can't be <laughs> having the time of my life down in St. Pete watching cars go fast, and then my wife and six-month-old son are like, what the hell's going on? So That would pretty- be a tough conversation upon arriving <laughs> home, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, also, want to get this out of the way real quick. Uh, check this out, boys. Oh, wow. Whoa. Sent uh, to me for us by a listener. I got to get on Instagram and... and- find this this fella's name again but for those who are listening it is an incredible it's an incredible basically a what is that piece of wood with speed street on it and our autographs it's a sign so it's our logo and it's like the 3d uh woodworking you know it's like something we put up in a studio or like put up right behind you right and i haven't put it up because i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do with it and also maybe we might start getting back in the studio and recording but uh, yeah, this is from O2 Creations, O2 Creations Sides and Banner Service. Nice. So they reached out and was like, "Hey, did this for you?" And I was like, "Cool, yeah, you can just shoot it to my place." And uh, <laughs> they did not show up and you know try to kill us or anything. So that was good. But also great, uh, very very fantastic work. And so check them out. Shout out to them. Uh, it was great chatting with them, and they did a great job. So super pumped about it. Things we love to see. That's awesome. Um, very, very cool. Well, I I think we can get right into the NASCAR racing since we were uh since I was most recently a NASCAR driver and we cover all forms of motorsport in this show. Um yes. one thing that I want to get to right out the gate, which and I kind of mentioned it a little bit in our Jimmy interview, but uh I was at the Chevy Simulator yesterday, which I'm technically not supposed to say because we're not allowed to post about it on the internet, but I saw three different Honda drivers post that they were in the simulator. So Again, I'm not really worried about if people know that we're in the simulator. We're preparing for our jobs. Still, obviously, you can tell that I'm frustrated with that rule. But we're at the simulator. Saw two of my friends, Landon Castle and Ross Chastain. Uh, Interesting to chat with them after the Daytona 500 because I had not seen them um, since. And they've obviously got more Daytona 500s under their belt than I do. Um, And Ross Chastain was a guy that did actually try to help me at the beginning of the race. (laughs) 
a couple weeks ago. Oh, we had had a brief chat, and man, I um I know that it it was it was something that we talked about a lot, but Ross definitely did try to help me, and I do appreciate that. I think we didn't I didn't give him enough credit in our first uh, little recap because I was trying to get through as much as possible. Um, but Ross had this this strategy of being basically last and and kind of hanging out for the first bit of the race, and I had sort of fallen back with him, but I wasn't really falling back on purpose. And when we got back there. He did try to push me, but he was like, yeah, man, it just wasn't meant to be. And I said, you know what, Ross, I completely get it. He's like, yeah, I just kind of had to pull out and drive by. I was like, look, as you're well capable of doing, that is completely fine. And as soon as uh, as soon as young Ross went by me, uh, my race was over. So it is what <laughs> it is. I, uh, I I still am thankful for the, 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 the money team racing, the number 50 crew, everyone that made that happen. It's still really cool to look back on, even over the weekend. Um, I, I spent some time here in Indianapolis. A lot of folks talking about the Daytona 500. Uh, I went to Starbucks last week in in Zionsville, Indiana, not far uh, from my mother's house. And the the person that working at Starbucks was like, "Hey, congrats on being in Daytona." So a lot of people watch Daytona, and we appreciate that. Very very cool. Uh, Bitnile.com launching March first which is very, very exciting. We're recording Tuesday. That means it launches tomorrow. So please check out bitnow.com. It's going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, there's just some, a funny little Daytona story there. And and then talking to Ross, I think Ross has a great interest in, in going open wheel racing at some point. I think Ross is in an incredible position in the Cup Series right now, driving for one of the best teams. Justin Marks, his owner, is I think one of my favorite people in motorsport. Just by the way he does business, the way he does things, um, and just his vibe in general, and the fact that he hangs out with cool people too, Tootsies, the the Nashville folk, um, and I, I, I he had a lot of great questions about open wheel stuff. He's like, hey man, like I kind of want to respect the system. Do I need to try to test some, you know, some uh, Indy Lights cars, Indy Next cars, whatever it is, or some Indy Pro Two Thousand cars to get a feel for stuff because he's never driven an open wheel car before. Um, and I thought that was really cool. So I, I, I would love to see Ross, uh, you know, in the 2026, 2027 Indy 500, who knows? Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he definitely has a really, uh, you know, a cool interest, not so much to do the event because it's the event, but to be a better driver. And I actually respect that because he does, you know, truck racing, Xfinity races. Anytime that guy can drive, he drives, he races. So, uh, I respect that. I, I think he... There, look, did he make some questionable moves last year? Yes, I, I think I think there was some questionableness going on there. No denying that. But uh, but I respect that he was asking so much about the Would Indy 500. Indy- oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I you know every driver's you know we all do things right according to us. You know what I mean? So it's 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 uh, it's one of those things. But yep. uh, cool to hear him considering. You know, hey, how do I how do I maybe dabble in a bit of open wheel racing? Yeah, dude, that's a, that's. I, I, I totally agree. We we get more into it with Jimmy, but uh, and he makes some really great points about uh, just you know those kind of guys who just want to be willing and just get out there and and, and let it rip and not to jump to something else too quickly off of that. But it, I was reminded about it uh, from Jenna Fryer and Old Ben sitting in the group chat. Uh, she said, a "Nugget I've uncovered: Kyle Larson, Hendrick McLaren, Indy 500 deal is a two-year deal for 2024 and 2025." He's expected to test this year. So this is a little bit of news, no? Yeah, no, I did see that. Because, uh, well, he's going to do the race this uh, Well, he's doing the race next year. 
But yeah. um, but yeah, I, I think there's a test anyway before the 500, which is awesome. Um, but honestly, I think that's the way to do it, right? Like, I think that's the that's the way to be prepared. Like, obviously, you know, we talked a little bit with Jimmy about it in our interview, but it's hard to be competitive at the Indy 500, right? Like, you can get in and you can, you, if you're a skilled human being like we saw Fernando Alonso do, like we saw Kurt Busch do, like we saw Jimmy Johnson do. Jimmy Johnson was competitive at the Indy 500, qualified in the Fast 12, um, quick, quick month. Um but it's hard to get that win. It takes years. It takes everything to be perfect. It takes things to go right. Or if you're Alex Rossi, you win your first time out. Who knows? Um, exactly. But uh, be, I think it's a smart move for Kyle. I think it's going to be he, he's going to be very good. Um, and cool to see that. Cool little nugget of information for sure. Um, no. And I and and moving into NASCAR racing as well from Fontana. I think Fontana was. Very interesting because it snowed in California. I don't know if you paid much attention, Joey, to the weather that was going on out there, but it was fascinating to see that not only was every day essentially rained out slash snowed out, but it was freezing in Fontana. And I remember going to the last IndyCar race at Fontana, and it was lovely. Very warm there. Uh, IndyCars raced insanely well there. I hate that that track is going away. Uh, I almost got to do that IndyCar race in the five car for James Hinchcliffe because he was injured that year. Um, but I only got to do the first two races after he was injured. Uh, they put Ryan Briscoe in for the rest of the season. Um, but a great racetrack. It, it's filthy. It, it destroys the car's paint jobs because <laughs> of all the dust and the dirt and the rocks that come up off the track. Um but I, I think it's a great race to watch. I enjoyed it, both the Cup race and the Xfinity race. To see Kyle Busch get a win already with uh, RCR, I mean, that didn't take long at all, obviously. Um, and then the Xfinity race, John Hunter Nemechek, not really too surprised there. It was, you know, it was a good race, but he pretty much had it wrapped up at the end. Um but also very cool to see how those Cup cars drive at another track after having done the previous race after having felt a little bit about how they react to the dirty air, how they react in packs of cars at high speed. I have always been a spectator, right? But I don't actually know what it felt like through the seat of my pants. So now when I see a lot of these scenarios in the race, I'm like, oh, that would have been more difficult than I like than I expected. Or that's a really cool move because I know what this car does in the air. So interesting to watch with i guess let's say one higher level of knowledge it's like you can watch a football game all day long right but until you play in the nfl i'm sure there's there's a lot of differences in that whole scenario yep yeah no doubt i uh i i i was just watching that race though and i was like and i saw some stuff on twitter you know uh matt archuleta a few different folks posted like highlights of the last time IndyCar was there. Oh, yeah. So I mean, good. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm watching NASCAR, and they're got, you know, guys are shooting out all over the place, all over the track. They're going, you know, obviously five wide on the parade laps or whatever, but still, I mean, close to that, you know, even during the race. And I'm just thinking, I, I, it, was, it was pre, it was pre race fandom for Joey, right? So that, that, that was before my time, really. Oh, you would have uh, loved it. I know. And I'm just trying to pick up, <laughs> my God, that seems absolutely insane. Yeah, IndyCar, honestly, and I mean, I could, I, I've said this many times before, but when we raced on those ovals 
It was so good. Like like Fontana, it was the most exciting race that I've ever watched. And I, I still, that is the the biggest sadness of my career was like, because I had raced that during that season. I had done three races yeah. in that season. And I, you know, and, and the five car, you know, the Aero Electronics car, you know, for SPM at the time, it was a great car. And I was like, oh man, that would be such a cool race to get to do. You know, I hadn't done a lot of ovals yet, but uh, definitely sh- uh, sad to have missed out on that because I thought we raced there. Now, look, is it dangerous? Where are we going really fast? Yeah, of course. But, like, I'm sorry. Racing is dangerous. And guess what? Our car is way safer now. Um, yep. I wish, wish, wish we could go to more tracks like that. Tracks like Michigan, tracks like Kentucky, tracks like, you know, sadly, no more Fontana, but... There are so many places like that that I think NASCAR races well at um, that, gosh, our cars would race so well. And Fontana, we have perfect evidence of it. Fontana, I thought, was the coolest race I've ever seen. So if you you were a fan then, Joe, you would have, we would have been talking about this show on the, or that race on this show for sure. What, what, what current track that you guys race at on the 2023 schedule is the closest resemblance to that, or is there not one? Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. Because we, the only thing that we have that's even close, you can't compare Indy because it's four separate corners, and they we're not racing side by side to the corners like that. And Texas, yeah. Texas just isn't Texas anymore. Sadly, I mean, I, I love Texas. I loved what Texas used to be, but it's it's more of a single lane racetrack now. It's more of a uh, you know, there there's not as much passing as there used to be. There's just no more pack racing in IndyCar because everyone got scared of it. So, uh, hopefully we can be less scared of things in the future. And as our sport rises this year, with all the great marketing efforts that we're putting forward, all the new yes. commercials, all of our television show, uh, hopefully we'll be like, you know what? We're not scared anymore. We're going to go to cool races and we're going to sell a lot of tickets because IndyCar racing is awesome. That's what I. That's what I hope for. It is awesome. Um, we see. It seems like an uptake in social. It seems like yeah. You know, I saw it on Primetime USA Network was getting some commercials out there over the weekend. All great stuff. And you're right. IndyCar racing is awesome, and the season is upon us. It is race weekend coming up. Race week, and so I think it's appropriate for all of us now to get into some predictions for the 2023 season. <laughs> Yes, we can if you would like. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be a very, very competitive year. We have 27 full-time drivers, as we've mentioned on this show, um, and there's not really any regulation changes. You know, there's a few downforce tweaks at, at tracks here and there. A few uh, well, the only real differences, honestly, are the, are the different are the tracks that got repaved. You got Road America that gets a repave. You got Laguna Seca that gets a repave. Detroit's a new track, um, so that will throw some wrenches into it, but that makes it more exciting. Um, and 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 yeah, I I think I'm gonna go first, and and again, we're gonna do a each of us will do a top three. Uh, again, no particular order, but the three drivers that will finish in the top three of the championship. We'll do a rookie of the year prediction, and we will do a uh, Indy 500 winner prediction. Um, so I will go first with my top three in the championship. We actually asked this of Jimmy too, so you'll get to hear Jimmy's speculation. <laughs> um, Scott McLaughlin has to be included in the top three. I think that's easy. Uh, and again, we can all have the same ones. That's completely fine. Uh, Scott McLaughlin is definitely going to be in the top three. 
Uh, I see for sure a Ganassi driver being in the top three. I don't know why it's not going to be Scott Dixon, but Scott Dixon will not have Michael Cannon this year as an engineer. I don't really know if that will affect him at all because I feel like Dixon's always been good. But for that reason alone, I'm going to pick Alex Pillow instead. I think I'm going to go Alex Pillow. I'm going to go Scott McLaughlin. And uh, I, I don't know, but I, I'm going to have to say probably Alex Rossi. I, I, McLaren hasn't really blown anyone out of the water yet when it comes to testing. And there's been some technical issues and some glitchery. Um, but uh, but I think Alex Rossi is going to be uh, a little bit more powerful, more consistent than uh, than his teammates. So those are my top three. Uh, no particular order championship prediction. That's great. Yeah, I um, Rossi is interesting, and and I'm I'll be at the Aero McLaren um, hospitality thingy on Saturday. Apparently, night. they'll have a pool. I heard that Aero McLaren hospitality has a pool, so that's next level. Well, I, so look out for the pool. Pack the trunks. Good deal. Yeah, uh, but it is interesting. Guy's got to have you know. He always has a chip on his shoulder, but I think especially after his time with Andretti, now leaving over fresh start. He's, he's he's kind of a new man. He's engaged. He's he's got things to prove. He wants to show. Hey, I'm still Alex Rossi. That was always up at the top. I'm going to do it at this new team. I get that. He will not be in my pick though. Um, I'm, I'm, two, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm two I'm two of three with you. I think Polo. I think McLaughlin. I think McLaughlin's going to win the 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 championship. Um, I think the same thing as well. But we're yeah. but we're only picking top threes. Yeah, but I think. Uh, <laughs> I think Colton Hurd is going to find himself in there, and I and I talked about it a handful of shows ago. Um, last year, he still had plenty of times where he was in a good spot towards the end of races, and you know, one move that didn't work out, whether it was you know he had the pin at Mid Ohio, or it was uh, you know at, um, at at Long Beach where he runs it into the wall, right, like. I, I feel I really believe that as talented as he is and as 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 close as he was on multiple different ones last year and even the year before, I think now with all the F one stuff kind of out of the way, I don't think we're gonna hear as much about it as we did last year. And uh, I think this is the year he puts it all together. You know, he's he's getting older and even though he's still like ten years younger than me and you, Connor, at least it seems like ah. it right. Uh you know, he, he he's he's getting older, he's getting more and more experience under his belt. Um, and he's still with a really good team, obviously, with Andretti's. So I have big expectations and hopes for Colton Herta this year. So my top three, I think you're going to get a Ganassi and Pillow and Andretti uh, with Colton Herta and obviously a Penske with uh, Scotty Mack. Yeah, I think that's an interesting three. I, I, It's hard because, again, as we said, there are so many good drivers. So it, it's definitely yes. a speculative pick, and we will keep record of this for the end of the season to see how everyone's predictions are. Uh, ben, who is your top three championship prediction? Yeah, so similar trend that you guys are going with with Vladik and Assi and Penske. I think you guys are foolish for forgetting Newgarden. And <laughs> I know, so I know. It's, it's Newgarden fatigue. It's hard. It's Newgarden fatigue. It's like you can vote LeBron as the MVP every year, but that's fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, so he's he's on top of my list. Um, I mean, enough said about him. Uh, I... I was debating between Polo and McLaughlin, but I think with how good he is at the end of the season, I think Scotty Max finally going to put that to good use, and I think he'll be up there. Um, I, I agree. I think he's also my championship pick. 
And third one, a little bit of a different um, Ganassi driver, I guess, than what you guys have. I'm going to go with Ericsson. Coming off any okay. 500 year, I think he's going to start the year hot. He's got to maintain a little bit more at the end of the year. Um, I know Indy helped him stay in the points a little more competitive than maybe if it wasn't double points. So, But I think he's going to start out the year hot. Yeah, and it's true. We don't have double points at Indy this year, so that'll be a, a major mix-up. Honestly, those who struggle at the 500 will definitely not be as hurt, um, and that's that's huge for some because, especially even for Joseph, because you got to remember, Joseph has not had the best races at the Indy 500, yet he's there always for the championship at the end of the year. So let's say Joseph has another solid day at the Indy 500. He finishes 8th, ninth, 10th, whatever it is. Um that puts him still in a way better position in the championship hunt uh, than if, you know, if he loses out on double points. So uh, that's that that's a very, very interesting prediction. And speaking of the Indy 500, we'll move on to Indy 500 picks now. Um, I plan on winning the Indy 500, honestly. Uh, I, uh, that's that's definitely the plan. Um, I, I And I feel confident enough to, to make that pick. I know it's weird to pick yourself, so if I don't pick myself... Um, I, I I think it's tough to pick a Penske driver for some reason recently at the Indy 500. It's been very odd. I, I, I don't know if they'll fix it. I assume they will. Um, but it's hard to go away from Ganassi. They were so easily, so much faster than everyone last year. Um, and, and, and we're not talking easily like they won by a mile. But at Indy, when you have an extra half mile an hour, when you have the ability to maybe run a hair more downforce because your car is a little bit more efficient and it's it's just a little bit quicker. Um, they 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 have they have the juice. So I honestly see either Dixon or Polo winning it. Um, and if it if it comes down to a shootout, it's going to be Scott for sure. I bet they I bet they honestly put that car away from last year. I bet they put it in the shop. They didn't touch it, and it's going to be rolled right back out for next year because that was a fast car. You know, record setting. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Can't go wrong there. Um, and you know they'll be up there. And, and you know, to your point, I, I, I truly think this is this is ten, right? This is your ten, my tenth. Win in ten. <laughs> I, I think we need to start that campaign. I, I think it's got going to have a lot of legs. Um, <laughs> and it is. You know, I, I, I truly believe in twenty twenty one. You lead. Uh, you know, we have, we know what happens there. Twenty twenty two. You're up front all damn day, and you finish top. Well, I'm sorry, it was top six, top five, six, six. <laughs> I finished finish six, six so many times in my IndyCar career. It's really weird. <laughs> so I'm with you. Win in ten. I like it. I think it makes a ton of sense. We've talked to Jimmy about it. It did. What would happen in this city and at that place and in Speedway? I Lord can only imagine, and I hope that he has a good plan for it. Um, <laughs> so, and it being your podcast partner and your friend. It is like, yeah, I'm not just going to like brush over that. But it's like, <laughs> I think it's Paddle Award. All right. There so you go. Award is his career at Indy. Uh, obviously, what we saw last year. Uh, the Team dude's Chevy. Last, uh, Chevy. Um, and, and you know that, that that little cocky SLB, and he'll admit that he's cocky. He, he wants nothing more than to, uh, to win that race, cement his legend. And then go on some crazy after party tour, dissimilarly to what Connor Daly would do. <laughs> he might never return from Mexico. Who knows? <laughs> ben, what do you got? 
Yeah, I like the Ganassi trend. I think they're going to keep up their speed pretty good. He's already got a championship. I think he's on a fast track for for big things. I'm going to go with Pillow. Well, you know what? The funny thing about Alex Pillow winning, too, is obviously he's a McLaren Formula 1 reserve driver as well next year. And and, and if it's if it's for some random reason you see Alex Pillow going to Formula 1 after he wins the Indy 500, would be a wild, that would be a wild seat. I don't, I don't know how it would happen because they're locked in with Piastri and Lando, but if for some odd reason he somehow, you know, pulls off some wizardry and witchcraft and ends up in Formula One, um, I mean, good for IndyCar, I think, honestly. Good for IndyCar. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Alex already has the championship. I think he's going to be good at Indy again, uh, but we shall see what happens. So I think those are some great predictions from us. Uh, we have a little bit to chat about with Formula One. Obviously, we want to respect Formula One as well, but I think we will do that after our Jimmy Johnson interview. The Jimmy Johnson interview is great, and since we were predicting things about IndyCar, you can hear his as well. So let's just jump right into the incredible interview with uh, seven-time NASCAR champion Jimmy Johnson. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a uh, a very very special guest. Um, Someone who is uh, very successful, someone who is a father, someone who has participated in many forms of motorsport, someone who has, um, well, more championships than most people that I know in my life. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, thank you for being here, sir. Uh, we appreciate your time. We've been we've been talking about having you on the show since the show began, uh, but now you're back to NASCAR. Maybe you're less busy. I don't know. How how is life right now? <laughs> I'm I'm not less busy. Um and I apologize that I have to do the uh, podcast while driving home from the race shop, but you know life has uh has been amazing to me and opportunities have come far and wide including this opportunity to come back to cup and be a team owner and I was just at the shop all day knocking out all of my uh you know kind of weekly obligations and meetings and such. And now racing home to uh, to work carpool and uh, put on the dad hat. So uh, life is good, my friend, and uh, thankful I'm finally on the show. I love it. Hey, we appreciate you uh, being here. I tried to FaceTime you on Saturday night. That is my mistake. I tried to FaceTime several other people. Sorry about that. I know there's some dad, you know, you got to pay attention to timelines and when dads are awake and all that. But aside from <laughs> aside from that good stuff, the Daytona 500, right? You might have, uh, I, I saw you in that race for exactly 35 to 45 seconds. Maybe you slotted right in in front of me and I never saw you again. Um, did you have a great time in this new car compared to the older car? Obviously, I, I don't know what the older car was like. 
you had a lot of great experience in multiple generations of cars there. But was this, because this race, I think a lot of people were judging it because of the lack of, you know, movement from one lane to the other, the help that you needed to pass, the energy. What was the experience like compared to, let's say, when you last did the Daytona 500? Yeah, I would say it was probably 80% familiar. The cars are real tight, and you try to pull out, uh, pull out of stuff with tire tracks. You know, you just hit that wall and, and stop the car. So I think that prevented lanes from kind of advancing. It prevented the middle from really working, which was kind of different for me. And honestly, kind of put it back into the uh, the form of driving where I, I, I won a couple plate races, which is you give the car in front of you pushes, incentivize them to pull out and make a pass, maybe maybe incentivize them in a way that they think you're going to follow, and then you don't, and you just take their spot. So <laughs> I, I really found through the course of the race that, uh, you know, just take a run and, and send it forward instead of trying to find a lane to go out and pass because the, you know, the drag to power ratio is, is much different with this new car. Jimmy, good to talk to you. Joey Molinero here. Uh, do you have uh, Do you have another Indy 500 in you? Or you, you got one, you done? <laughs> no, I would love to come back and do it. I mean, I, I've always wanted to do the double. And uh, certainly respect Connor's uh, form of double that you're pulling off. Man, it's just so cool. Like, as a kid, you know, watching others do it or just thinking about a combination of a double or, you know, the, the 600, 500 the same day. I mean, that's the stuff little race car drivers drunk, uh, dr grow up dreaming about. So um, I, I still want to do it. You know, I, I had um, a lot of moving parts, but certainly great opportunities with CGR to consider it for this year and just wasn't able to put it together. Um, and, and hope that I can in the future because that that's still, I think Le Mans is probably the last thing or the highest thing on my bucket list to still accomplish. And I, I get to do that this year. And then the double, uh, you know, is right there with it. Did did follow up on that? Did did your experience the month of May? Did your experience with the spectacle? Did it live up to everything you dreamed of as a little kid? It really did. I, I would say it was more than um, I didn't expect the uh, the kind of the emotions to be as as significant as they were on race day. Uh, to be there on the front stretch with my family, sitting on the tire of my car, hearing back home again in Indiana, the fly. It, all of that. Uh, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it right now. I mean, there is just <laughs> nothing like it. And I watched it on TV for all my life. Imagine what it would be. I went back uh, last year and did TV and was like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this. And then to do it was uh, was just insane. So a little, a little bummed with my performance. You know, I really felt like some of the other oval experiences I had would suggest that, that I would have a better run. But Man, I just didn't want to uh, to bust my rear end and was a little too cautious at the wrong times. It, and it was way more track position dependent than I, than I, you know, chalked it up to be. And before I knew it, I was uh, losing track position. And then we had a caution come out at the wrong time, which really killed track position. And I was just kind of a sitting duck the rest of the time. Yeah, it's, it's a tough race, man, nowadays. But I mean, as you... Like, I still think you did a very respectable job. Obviously, qualified well. Um, it's hard to learn that event, though. No matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you're Kurt Busch or Fernando Alonso, whoever it is coming over, right? 
you're you guys are competitive you're good at what you do and you're absolutely fast when you got there right but it definitely takes some time boy it took tony Kanan nearly two decades to do it and, and he <laughs> did it eventually but who knows you yeah. and kyle larson could easily share the same plane next year trying to do the double i mean it sounds like something that's uh, extremely plausible. I mean, I mean, come on. I like where your head is. A little <laughs> plane pooling to uh, save expenses makes sense. Uh, man, I, I'm excited to see him go and, and give it a shot. And it looks like you know, he's got a, a nice long runway ahead of himself to get prepared and ready. Uh, and then it's really about maximizing the days on track before you go racing. And that that's something I would do differently. Um, I think maybe I was a bit focused on popping off a lap time and where I was on the pylon at the end of sessions (laughs) and now having a a race under my belt in the 500, um, I I know the environment I would want to go live in in all those race practice sessions. Exactly. I mean, it changes so drastically day by day and it's so easy. You practice for five hours a day and you're like, I want to be up top. I mean, come on, what are we doing? We got to get the big toe lap. We got to figure it out. Totally. It's, It's very tempting. I get it. I think... I talked to Ross Chastain yesterday at the uh, at the Chevy Simulator, and uh, he had a lot of interest in something in the open wheel ranks. How, you know, how does he expand his driving uh, his driving career? How does he learn a little bit more? Who else do you think in that NASCAR uh, world right now um, would be a great candidate? Obviously, Kyle Busch. We know Kyle Busch. I think has talked about doing it before. But a guy like Ross Chastain does really interest me. You know, uh, definitely young guy as well, like Kyle Larson, but very, very good right now in the Cup Series. Um, who would you say, like, your top three potential candidates for doing a, a double would be? Man, I it's, it's a great question, and I know um, my efforts, I think what, um, what Kyle is going to do um, will continue to break down some of these barriers that that I even had of my safety, concerns of my safety. And I, I think that the, uh, the NASCAR world and the motorsports world in general, although they know that aero screen's on the car and the halo's behind it, that, you know, technically it's more safe, uh, it is way safer. And, and I think that has <laughs> been a, a stumbling block for a lot of guys. And I, I know it was something I had to work through. You know, I, I went the first year, just rode the street only, and then got in the ovals, and I was like, Man, I should have been doing this all along. So, <laughs> you know, that, that barrier's coming down and there's, you know, guys responsible for doing that. And once that does come down, I, I think team owners, sponsors, drivers will will look at it more seriously and our sport's only going to benefit from it. But when I look at uh, Chase Elliott and his ability to, to you know, dominate road course races, I, I think he'd be a great candidate. Um, I know William Byron went for a two-seat ride when we were there for the uh, the shared event, the Brickyard 400 and the, the IndyCar Double. And he came out of there asking a lot of questions. So <laughs> um, it's hard to pick three you know, off the bat, but man, I, I just, our sport is is growing as we all know and love. And for whatever reason, you know, we may like or dislike uh, F1's contributions, you know, as you race in these other series. But, you know, the hat I'm wearing is, is we all need to take care of each other. And it is an, a niche sport in the scheme of things and we all need to have crossover and we all need to support one another and and hopefully guys will continue to knock down barriers um and and keep the spotlight on on uh these opportunities to drive different stuff i think that does more for our sport than anyone ever realizes and you my friend Potter, are one of those <laughs> one of those guys too 
Yeah, I appreciate that. I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, we love Al-Qaeda. Yeah, he dips in everything. You know, just like you are. You, are, you an F- are you an F1 guy? Do you like the impact? Like, this this crazy Netflix world that's that's brought over. Like, are you a fan of uh, the, the the racing? You, what are your thoughts on F one? Yeah, I think it's done a great job, and I, I think we're all experiencing the uptick of their drive their survive show and people asking questions that normally wouldn't about auto racing. I um, mean, a lot of the different circles I'm in, uh, they knew I raced, but that maybe didn't. I'm pretty sure many of them didn't watch the race, and now all <laughs> of a sudden they're like, hey, my. My, my wife loves the Netflix series and now I've watched it and now I want to go to a car race. And these are folks who never go to a car race. So <laughs> it's working and we all need to ride that wave. Um, and I think we also all need to take care of each other too. And, and um, you know, look after each other, not try to tear each other down. I agree completely. I think why, why can't we all be fans of maybe all three or even just diversify your portfolio when it comes to being a motorsport fan? It's not that hard. Um, That's give me not. A- I have a fun, a more fun question for you, and this might be out of uh, complete left field. But I was thinking about this the other day. You won so many championships, literally one for every day of the week. Um, but when it comes to <laughs> after parties and celebrations, does one championship after party outrank another? How do you like after you've celebrated three championships? I mean, it must be like, man, this after party is going to be even crazier. But after six. And then after seven, I mean, do you just start going home and getting massages or like, what? Well, like is it easy to what's, I mean, what's the after party protocol after three and four, five? I committed to trying to up my game every after party and the, uh, it, my liver didn't like it. Um, maybe it didn't earn brownie points in different regards, but I, uh, the, the last one was, uh, the top experience and i got probably never shared this which you're gonna love but love uh, it the seventh championship so many of the championships I, i've always subscribed to work hard play hard and and if they total 500 wins any of these big media tour supported uh celebrations you know nascar owes you for days after these these big moments and after the championship they've had you for days and in the other experiences so you know i worked hard to get there i was going to play hard during and then also play hurt so I've walked through some <laughs> uncomfortable interviews and days that followed. But uh, I came, I, I knew I had NASCAR owned me at 7 a.m. Monday morning following the seventh championship. And uh, I was, I came to my senses climbing out of Denny Hamlin's, um, the pool that was at the place he was staying at. And I was fully clothed <laughs> and wondering where my phone was. And it was like, wow, the sun's up. It must be close to seven o'clock when NASCAR owns me. I probably need to find my way back to my hotel. <laughs> so I uh, I looked over and Canals was in the pool. Everybody was laughing because they threw us both in. And I got out and went back to my hotel, uh, changed clothes, got my luggage, looked for my wallet, remembered my wallet. I somehow recalled throwing it out of my pocket, which I was hopeful was my phone, so I didn't ruin my phone. But I didn't have my wallet. It was at Denny's Denny's place. So I uh, jumped in a cab, went back over, got my wallet, and then came back to uh, the NASCAR folks uh, waiting for me uh, to take me out to start my day. So I, that one was probably the, the, the top of them all. I love that. I can't, I can't really say shit to you. I mean, yeah. come on. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I did nap on the flight to New York, and uh, things... 
really didn't improve as that day went on. But I, again, you know, and stand fight I, through it. Play hurt. I love <laughs> now, it. Now, we, we talk about that kind of thing a lot on this show, Jimmy. Uh, you know, then Connor, especially, and I agree with them about like, you know, IndyCar, we got to let loose a little bit. These guys, you know, you, you win, you got to celebrate, you know, maybe don't be afraid to show that you're celebrating a little bit, show that personality. From your experience now, being the legend you are in, in NASCAR and all motorsport, but then being in IndyCar full time, do you think that that does need to be shown a little bit more? That guys do need to show a little bit more personality, have a little bit more fun, especially after they win. Yeah, I mean it, it's tough. I, I was probably criticized more than any other driver for being too professional, and you know I just you you know what you know, and you're raised a certain way, and your opportunities in life come as a result of certain scenarios, right? So for me, my parents, um, I had a very simple upbringing and thankfully my parents loved racing as much, if not more than I did and provided everything to me and my brothers. But my my way to be recognized before was to network and be noticed and have this corporate appearance. So, you know, fast forward to my cup career and when my opportunity really hits, I am who I am. And, and there definitely was a, a professional, a level of professionalism that served me well in the way I behaved the track. And I'd get out of the car and say all the right things. And somebody tried to hand me a beer, but I kind of looked the other way and wait till the cameras went off. And then I had my beer. So, and you know, I, I love seeing the big personalities. I just knew that, uh, I had to be me and that's, you know, I'm now a team owner and I have a big personality and no Gregson and a more reserved personality in Eric Jones, you know, they, they both, you know, were chatting it up and they're like, well, what do you want us to do? And I was like, guys, you just got to be yourself. Like, Noah, you be you. That's, that's how you're going to perform at your best. Eric, you be you as well. Uh, I mean, you just, you got to be yourself, uh, you know, and, and just take it from there. I, I mean, the day you start trying to be someone you're not, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be true to yourself. Your fans are going to see it. And you know, all those things kind of fall against you. It's true because I, I, one of your team partners who was one of mine, U.S. Air Force, right? They, when I first had a mullet, the U.S. Air Force was my sponsor, and a lot of people were like, "Whoa, what are they going to say about that?" And when they, they were like, "Oh, we love it. That's awesome. That's you. Like it is what it is." And like they love the fact that you know someone was just being himself. And so I think, I think a lot yeah. of people, there's obviously a very good corporate appearance, which of course is, is you know we all have to do that. I mean, even I, who I obviously like to be myself, I like to you know, get amongst the, uh, evenings and whatever it is, you know, and, and celebrate accordingly, uh, or commiserate either way. Um, but I think <laughs> there's obviously a good mix of both. There's a, a mix of that professionalism, but knowing that, Hey, look, I'm not out, like we're not out committing low level felonies at night. You know what I mean? We're, you know, if I have two Budweiser's or two Coors lights with, with Joey, you know, we're, we're, we're celebrated. We're having a nice time. So I think there's a good mix and you know what? Yeah, You'd be a champion a of that, I would say. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great I, point. Great way to put it. I want to get your, a. we're going to have a wild speculation segment here because you are, I consider you still an IndyCar driver, right? Uh, Thank you. Let's say, you know, whenever it is, IndyCar driver in general. But we want to get a potential top three in the championship of 2023 prediction. We want to see who you Good. think is going to potentially be, and it doesn't have to be in order. You could just pick three drivers that are going to occupy the top three, and we would like to get you uh, to predict who's going to win the Indy 500. 
Those are your quiz questions currently. I see. I see. <laughs> totally on the fly. Um, gosh, on the fly. Well, I I just, you know, being inside CGR and, and seeing Alex's talent, Scott's talent, Marcus's talent, you know, it's it's hard for me to really think outside of those guys, but... Um, very good team. When I very good team. Um, and I, I was really impressed with New Gardens, just steady, um, consistent competitiveness on all fours of tracks. You know, so I, I guess and I, I can't pick all from one camp, but yeah, I'd probably say Scott from uh, the CGR camp. I would say uh, New Garden from the Penske camp. There's some shuffling going on with other teams and, and Rossi moving. You know, I'd, I'd probably normally keep him at that championship tier. But I, I don't know. There's something There's something inside of me right now thinking more about McLaughlin. I just think that the year he yep. had and how competitive he was, you know, I'd, got, I'd probably put McLaughlin as my, my third championship contender. Um, from a, a 500 standpoint, uh I just, I, gosh, I think it's Dixon. It, it just, <laughs> and then again, I'm so biased because I know what yeah. I lived through and I know what I experienced over the last couple of years. But well, I, I mean, probably it was his, it it was his race last year too. Like he, he, he definitely was. dominated the whole thing. Yeah. Well, you know what? That, that's a fair prediction. I will try to beat Scott this year because I would like to be the victor of the race. But you know what? Well, I think of all the people who probably deserve another, it's definitely Scott. And I think our fan base and everyone would be like, you know what? We're happy with Scott winning another one. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that would be a, a people's favorite as well. He's Peyton Manning. He's can, Peyton we Manning. Just, can we for a minute think about what Indiana would do if Connor Daly won the Indianapolis 500? <laughs> well, when Jimmy, you're leading a lap, the place goes bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> I had we, someone uh, mention that. I had someone mention that to me the other day, and as if it was like something I didn't think about that often. They were like, "Hey, man, could you imagine what would happen?" I'm like. Yes, I literally think about it every single day that I'm at the Eagles or I I would love that to happen. There would be a celebration, Jimmy. I know you didn't come to my after party last year. That's fine. Not not offended. But if there is, if we do win, uh, you will be invited, even if you're in Charlotte or wherever it is. You know, you got a plane and a bus. You'll be fine. I dude, I, I don't think <laughs> that place will melt down. <laughs> Connor, I don't think I told you. I don't think I told you the story yet, Connor, about last year because I didn't go to Connor's after party either. I somehow <laughs> found my way at Scott Dixon's. Thanks, Joey. <laughs> I, somehow, I somehow found my way at Scott Dixon's with Colton Herta, and Colton Herta said, you want to meet some cool race car drivers? I said, sure. He said, cool. He brought me over to Jimmy Johnson. I said, wow, this is great. I said, hey, Jimmy, <laughs> awesome. Love that you're here. So great. So great to meet you. I said, when you wave to your dad... Uh, when you were going out for your outlap, I was so cool. I'm about to be a father. Like, I just got so emotional. I was, and then, you know, and Jimmy's like, who the fuck are you? Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and I, totally fair. Totally fair, right? Because who the fuck was I? But at the same time, I just had to get that out there for everybody to know. And I still will look back on that experience because it was a great one. Well, I'm sorry I handled it that way. <laughs> no, 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 no. You were super Joking. sweet. You were like, oh, okay, man. Yeah, right on. Thanks. And like shook my hand. But like at the same time, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Who the fuck is this kid? So <laughs> I, but I, I am so thankful you pointed out other drivers that missed uh, Connor's party. So I'm not totally on the hook for missing. 
No, it's a, look, it's fine. Debate. It's an annual debate, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, anyways. Everyone's invited, and half the people come, and sometimes, it's, you know, it is it is what it is. It's at a nightclub. I know a lot of these drivers nowadays are very executive. They would much prefer a nice, you know, reclining chair, specialized cocktails, maybe even some high-level wine. I, I can't provide it all, you know? Timmy, last one I very got for true. you. Last one I got for you. Uh, when the inevitable movie is made about your life, uh, who plays Jimmy Johnson? <laughs> who plays me? Uh, Great question. You know I've a lot of famous people. That, well, based on appearance, I've been told that... Um, oh, what's his name? I just had it and I lost it. Colin Farrell. I'm told oh. he looked similar. I could see so, that. But I think you may have... May have beefed up a little bit since I've uh, last saw him in a movie, so I'm not sure that's that's trending correctly. But, um, yeah. What'd be a good one? I, I, another another one that people say I look like, which I'm not sure you guys have grasped, and I had to see the picture side by side to get it. He's not an actor, he's a musician, but Dave Matthews. Oh, wow. I can see that. I can you see know, that. Just based on appearances it. alone, I've been told those two multiple times. Uh, we're going to stick with Colin Farrell for you. Yeah. People who said Dave Matthews are doing you a disservice. <laughs> Man, I... I um, didn't believe it until I saw the photo, and I was like, damn. We both have eyebrows on different levels, and hairline's doing something. Oh, nah. also, this is a very fun question. Going back to NASCAR land, what is it like comparing um, IndyCar shape for road courses compared to get ready for your NASCAR race's shape? It's a little bit different. I, I've noticed that after... A couple cup races now. I am much happier physically after doing a cup race than my body is after an Indy cup race. Dude, I just lived that transformation coming from you know <laughs> cup over. And wow, I, I remember the first year of training that all the work Pit Fit was putting me through. I'm like, is this necessary? Oh, yeah. And then with the Sebring, with the Sebring for the first test session, I was like, oh, yeah, this is necessary. <laughs> yeah, and it's... It's a different game, you know. Bristol NASCAR Bristol race is is in the in the space. Um, you know, there are some tracks that are more physical, but uh, there, there's no doubt IndyCar is the most physical form of uh, car racing out there. I agree. Well, I, Jimmy, I I know we've taken up some of your day, and I appreciate it. Um, we are all thankful that you are a team owner still racing doing cool stuff. The fact that us three, me, you, and Pastrana made the 500 is the craziest thing I think I could ever have thought of. Um, wild. I, uh, we should have got some sort of group photo. Maybe we'll do it again next year. Who knows? Travis sounds like he's not going to do it, but I don't know. We'll see. But I, I appreciate you being on this show. Um, and you know what? Hopefully we'll see you at an IndyCar race, but either way, we appreciate what you've done for IndyCar because I think honestly, you were the biggest ad campaign that IndyCar's had in the last 10 years, so that was awesome. Um, and, yeah, we appreciate your legacy. And, oh, yes, your team is called Legacy as well, so wonderful news. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, buddy. And I had the best time in IndyCar, and so thankful I was able to get to know yourself and, and others uh, better, um, truly understand the sport. You know, as a kid, that was that was the dream, and to be able to go do it at 45, um Man, I had the best time. So uh, thank you so much and glad to be on the show and, and look forward to seeing you guys all soon. Thanks, James. Thanks, man. We'll catch you later, pal. Right
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wow, what a guy. Jimmy Johnson, uh, the legend, and I'm sure as all the listeners and fans of motorsport already know, but in case you didn't, you're just tuning in for a great 30-minute conversation there. I mean, just you would never guess that he's one of the best of all time, just an absolute legend of the sport. But just because he's so down to earth and such an easy guy to talk to, really easy to root for, and no wonder all the moms love him. Ah. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. It, 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 I I really enjoyed that he took the time to do that. Uh, just a great conversation in general. He, or in general, he's always going to be real, uh, which I think is cool. Uh, even if we throw some curveballs at him, so yeah, Jimmy Johnson, great interview, great guy. Uh, excited for what he's got in the future for motorsport. Um, and as we mentioned, uh, we before saw we get to that of... one real quick before you get okay. to I, I I just thought of one of the other predictions for 2023. I I say Connor Daly wins Iowa race one. Okay, all right. We'll take yeah. that. Hopefully we yeah. uh hopefully it's not the we get our time. maybe it's yeah. both. But I Iowa race one. Race one. Well, let's get as long as we get our tires to work a little bit longer, we'll we'll be in a good spot. So we'll see what happens. I like that prediction. I like Iowa. Hopefully we'll be on pole there too. Who knows? Right. Who knows? But yes, Formula One Formula One was testing last week. Uh and Formula One does a lot of live coverage. They had some live coverage of of testing, and I thought this was a very funny topic because people got angry. I saw inter- a lot of internet comments in an Autosport article or something. People were angry that the Formula One testing broadcast uh, was boring. And to that, I have to say, you guys are crazy. If you, th- I mean, we are talking about like. Testing can be the most boring stuff ever because it is not racing. Like, it's actual <laughs> practice. Like, I mean, there are a lot of core fans, for sure. We talked about this before, that will watch testing because we love seeing race cars go around. But you are not allowed. Like, if you complain that testing is boring, you actually you lose the privilege to watch it on television because th- that's not something you can complain about. These are teams that are working at the track all day long to make sure that you are entertained on Sundays. So like, it's not for you in the testing. It Thankfully, Formula One is, you know, for them, they're such a massive world sport that if any cars are on track at all, we're going to cover it. People are going to cover it, which is great. But you have to understand that those guys, those teams, everyone on those teams are working hard so that they can put on the best show on Sundays. You know what I mean? And that's when it counts the most. So, I, I found it hysterical. Racing Twitter can be so funny sometimes of what people decide to complain about. I mean, it just never, never ceases to amaze me. But that was one of the things where I was like, all right, guys, wow. clearly you haven't been F1 fans for very long because uh, there's been testing for a long time. Maybe not as much now, but it's not racing. So it's like going, very- to, OTA, it's like going to NFL OTAs and being like, well, I just don't get the hype. I didn't see any touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Come on. Guys, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I saw all over Facebook, Jeremiah Morrill, friend of the show, he was posting it. 
And uh, it made sense to me, definitely. You're talking about, though, with the NFL, do you see the Americans' guide to F1 teams comparing to, to NFL uh, franchises? I did not see that, no. Ben, you didn't see this? No, I didn't. All right. Uh, I'll just run through it real quick for you. Um, so they got the Indianapolis Colts as Alpine. Um, <laughs> found major success in the mid-2000s with one of the all-time greats leading the way. Uh, said great, probably could have won more. If it wasn't for another all-time great getting in his way, uh, the Patriots are uh, Mercedes. Uh, the Cowboys are Ferrari. Historically, one of the most iconic and successful teams ever. Haven't had that kind of success in a while. Made a habit of choking. Don't worry, this year is their year. Uh, they got the 49ers as McLaren. Uh, they got uh, the Carolina Panthers as Alfa Romero. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I've only had like two truly great years in their history. Kind of just there most of the time. And then <laughs> the Chiefs are Red Bull. Defending yep. champs of Stark Dynasty, led by a young star who's quickly rising up to go rankings. That's funny. I I like that a lot. Pretty the accurate. Cowboys yeah. one is very funny. Yeah, it is accurate. You're exactly right. That's funny. Yeah. Um, we got, uh, real, real quick, they got the Jets as uh, AlphaTauri. Some great talent has passed through these teams over the years. Little brother teams. No one really expects them to ever win. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. It's it, it, it made sense to me, you know, as a yeah. guy who's trying to hitch my way in F1. I was like, all right, you're speaking my language. Now we get it. Yeah, now we get it. Yeah, For and sure. speaking of speaking of those teams, we had a uh, friend of the show, uh, Will Buxton. Uh, yeah, we had a great interview with him. If you haven't listened to that, it's uh, several episodes ago, but great chat with Will Buxton after the uh, F1 season last year, uh, or well, during the F1 season last year. But he kind of gave his prediction of the the way the teams rank up from 1 to 10. Uh, and obviously there's only 10 teams in Formula 1. Um, and I'm just going to read through those and, and see what people think about it because I, I thought it was very interesting. Red Bull Racing, obviously up top. I think Red Bull is going to destroy everyone, honestly. I, I, think, I think they're going to destroy everyone. And even if it's close at times with Ferrari, I still think they're going to out-strategy them. I don't know if for, unless Ferrari has fixed their strategy issues. Who knows? Um, very interesting, though, that the number three team he had on the list was Aston Martin, which I think is very impressive. Clearly, they must have done some good work uh, on that new car. Uh, and our buddy Fernando Alonso is there as well, which is very exciting. Who knows if Lance Stroll is going to be starting the season. Doesn't look like he is, honestly. That's crazy. Injured during a bicycle accident. Hate to see that. Um, but, it, you know, it does provide a great opportunity for a young driver like Felipe Drogovic, apparently, who uh, Formula Formula 2 guy. Uh, well, that would be very interesting. Again, you never want to be able to, you know, you never want to take advantage of, uh, of an injury type situation, but the car has to be driven and he will do it if so. Uh, I would be super thrilled for Aston Martin because honestly, those are the guys that I worked with back in the Force India days. A lot of the guys are still there. Uh, a lot of new folks though as well. Uh, number four on the list is Mercedes, uh, Alpine, then Alfa Romeo, Haas, Alfa Tauri, Williams, and dead last is McLaren. And I, reading through all those Mercedes, that's definitely sad. I was like, man, Mercedes, I thought they were going to make a really big rebound. But who knows? Obviously, again, it's just testing. It's not exciting because it's not supposed to be because, sorry, F1 Twitter, it's not exciting. Um, but a hot Haas cars seem to have made a jump according to the testing. Um, but the fact that McLaren, and I, I read so many articles about McLaren, who, 
you know, we obviously have somewhat of a connection to because they're an IndyCar as well. But them them having a, a bit of a miss on the on the car is is definitely interesting. I will be very curious to see what happens when the season starts because they also do start this weekend. I know we focus a lot on IndyCar, but Formula One also starts this weekend. So some interesting predictions there. Um, the midfield does seem to be a little bit jumbled up. And if Aston Martin can be on the podium more, um, that would be very interesting. So again, I'm not sure what everyone thinks about those predictions, but uh, that was a friend of the show, Will Buxton's predictions. Interesting. Nice. Very. All right. Um, well, we got a uh, young grasshopper making his first voyage out to Las Vegas here. <laughs> young Walt. <laughs> I don't want. Uh, it's your spring break. You're going out there to throw some uh, some bets on some people to be at pools with topless women. What's going on? Producer Ben going to Vegas. Yikes! Right? Yeah. Everybody, watch out. Um, He's we're, a young lad. Me <laughs> and Jason Schultz are, along with Mike, are going there for the Dirty Mo Ultimate Experience. Flying in Saturday morning. Um, sounds like Saturday we're gonna have kind of most of the day to kind of do whatever. So that's going to be kind of our hard-hitting day. And then anything light we would want to do, we do Sunday after the Las Vegas Cup race. So I um, asked you guys to give me some, what is like advice could be restaurants, could be, you know, beer before liquor, never makes sicker. Um, yeah, that's, be that's where to go t- for betting. For, What's that? That statement is on my 10 command, like my life commandments. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Here, you're in the clear. But go ahead. Right. So, yeah, no, just any. I open up the floor to you guys. Anything about Vegas? What do I need to know? Well, I'll go. I'll go two things because listen, I have far less experience than Connor in this realm of Vegas. So, (laughs) I want to hear his his insight last, as so should you. So, I'll say two things. One, you're going with your boss. Have fun, but don't make an ass of yourself. Two, (laughs) from my experience. Do not ever say, yeah, we'll just walk to that place. Okay. Because the land works, you, they're so large and you're on the strip or whatever and you're like, oh yeah, it's just right there. I can see it. And then like halfway there, you're like, have we even made progress? What is going on? And so you like, just, just hop in an Uber or a taxi or whatever. It's not worth the pain that'll come on your knees, legs, feet, and you'll just be tired. Just, just don't walk to places. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> that is a great call, honestly. I. It's very easy. And honestly, if you just walk through casinos, that's already, uh, you're putting mileage on the legs. So we yes. don't need to, you know, overexert ourselves. Um, no. Vegas is an interesting place. I've spent, spent time there. I've enjoyed times in Vegas. Uh, I've been out to the NASCAR race in Las Vegas. I participated in NASCAR truck series races there. Uh, I would say, you know, when it comes to certain people, uh, I promise you that woman is not in love with you. Uh, that's my number one tip in Las Vegas. That woman is not in love with you. Um, that because you know there could be some there could be some uh, lying afoot. Who knows? There could be some some temptations out there. You got to watch out for those things. Um, and honestly, uh, the house always wins. That that is something that is unless you are very lucky, which I am. I am very lucky because I made the Daytona 500. Um, but again, bet with what you're comfortable doing and, and experience it because it can be fun. Uh, and you know, just watch out for untrustworthy humans. That's all. That's all. 
don't get taken advantage of, Ben. That's all Thank you got. That's all you got to remember. Good to know. No, I have my <laughs> gambling slash betting budget already set out. So as soon as Good. that runs dry, no more. We're going back to the room, and we're charge not it to Mike it. Davis too. Right? Yeah. Well, we're getting the company <laughs> card, so yeah. We we're just uh, a Dale Earnhardt here. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying we have a reservation at a place that isn't cheap, but you know, it's going to be like our one big meal that we're doing. So, um, Everybody. yeah, we're going to take advantage of it. But thank you for the advice. It's uh, we'll we'll see if we survive the weekend. See if you guys and, are going to look for a new producer at the next week. Yeah. Oh, and man. for those Oof. listening, uh, tweet the show, tweet us, tweet Neb underscore not lol or whatever the fuck it is and why. <laughs> and let him know some of your your Vegas insights and advice as well. We appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Connor, hit us up with the uh, random Indy 500 driver of the week. Yes, uh, to finish off the show, as is tradition, the... Um, the Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week. I was going through the list of years that we have used before. Thank you, uh, Ben, for keeping that spreadsheet. <laughs> it's very helpful. <laughs> um, I went with a year that we have not chosen yet, 1971. I don't know why 1971 was not chosen yet. Maybe it was. Who knows? Um, but Al Unser won that race. Al Unser Sr., uh, yeah. four-time, obviously, four-time winner. Uh, and... I went with the man who finished 22nd in that race in the number 99 machine, Bob Harkey. Bob Harkey finished 22nd. Uh, I don't, I did not know, I'm not familiar with that name, but Bob Harkey looks like he, uh, he was born in 1930. Uh, American driver, obviously a USAC guy, most people were back in the day. Uh, 85 career starts. Uh, he did several Indy 500s, 1964, 71, 73, 74, 75, and 76. So jumped around a little bit there. Um, looks like a best finish of eighth twice. Finished eighth twice. Um, and yeah, interesting. Uh, one NASCAR start as well. So he, uh, interesting that he got the day. Oh, wow. So he did the Daytona 500. Uh, or no, first, first race at Daytona International Speedway, driving for Buck Baker. Um, interesting, NASCAR convertible division race, supporting the inaugural Daytona 500. So, that's kind of cool. Uh, also entered the 500, but withdrew. So, that means he might have, he was almost going to be on that list with me of drivers who have done both. Um, so very, very interesting. Uh, where was he from? It doesn't say. Uh, born in Charlotte. Born in Charlotte and died in Indianapolis uh, in 2016 at age 85. So, interesting uh, new driver that we have just learned about. Pretty extensive Wikipedia page here, CD. Yeah. It, uh, says Bob Hart. How about this? Bob Harkey's first experience with speed came as the driver of a decoy car during moonshine runs. How about Love that? Love that. Learned to whip it doing that, huh? Whip it and wheel it, just uh, running moonshine. That's, and again, we can't claim to think that Wikipedia is always giving us the right facts, but we're just reading <laughs> what's on the internet, which is 67% true. <laughs> now you know about Bob Harkey, at least yes. 67% of it. All right. Uh, wow. What a show. Fantastic get for Jimmy Johnson. Thank you to CD for setting that up. Um, we're here. It, it is here. We've gone through a full offseason with Dirty Mo Media, and now the real fun starts because cars are going to be on track and we're going to be racing and we cannot wait. Uh, thanks to Jimmy Johnson for hopping on. 
Again, follow us on the internet. Now the season is here. Definitely going to have more of an uptick in, in content and, and, and tweets and Instagram going out there. At Speed Street Pod, both on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to follow the show. Leave us a rating and review. Maybe tell us some more people. I think Jimmy Johnson was on the uh, dream guest list that we talked about for who we'd want to have on. And we got him. Yeah. So now we'll go after some more of those. Please let us know. Uh, Connor, when are you heading down to St. Pete? Heading to St. Pete Thursday morning. Uh it is Tuesday afternoon right now, so very excited to get down there, get things going, and feel free to come up and say hello and say that uh, you've listened to Speed Street because we appreciate that. To be a friend, tell a friend, leave us a rating, leave us a whatever it is, share it with other people, share it with folks that might uh, need to get into racing. Yes, most definitely. Uh, I will be down there as well. I'm leaving Friday morning. Ben will be out in Vegas. Speed Street's going to be all over the place. That's what Girls in the Neighborhood is all about. Thank you so much. Uh, and let's enjoy race weekend, baby. We'll talk to you next week on Speed Street. The newest episode of Door Bumper Clear is available now on all major podcasting platforms. Make sure to follow the show to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.